This episode is brought to you in part by Our Daily Bread Ministries. Experience the joy and freedom that comes from a faith that perseveres. Check out Unshakable Moxie, growing a resilient faith at unshakablemoxie.com from Our Daily Bread Ministries. Visit unshakablemoxie.com. This episode of the Grace Enough podcast is brought to you by King Folk Co. King Folk is a faith-based small business that has products for kingdom-minded folks. With a fun, colorful selection of personalized Bibles, coordinating Bible tabs, Bible bags and covers, as well as bracelets, stickers, keychains, and more. King Folk makes it easy for you to carry your faith with you wherever you go. And they produce most of their products in-house with their printing company. Grace Enough listeners, you can take 10% off at kingfolkco.com with the code GRACE. That's 10% off at kingfolkco.com with the code GRACE. And follow King Folk Co. on Instagram where they drop sneak peeks of their newest products and share behind the scenes of designing new products. Today on the Grace Enough podcast, I sit down with Jeanette Tapley to talk about friendship, how Jesus modeled it, why we need to stop avoiding the term breakup when a friendship falls apart, and choosing to celebrate your friends well. Let's go ahead and jump into this week's conversation. Good morning, Jeanette, and welcome to the Grace Enough podcast. Hey, girl, how are you? Well, you know, I'm freezing. I told you that I was sitting in my jacket in my house because it's like 22 degrees here. (laughs) I can't believe that. I just like that just doesn't compute to me anymore. Like I just cannot compute cold weather anymore. Well, that's the thing. People need to know you're in Texas, so it's hot there. Most of my listeners know I used to live in Florida, so I get it. But I don't know about you. For me, like in Florida, if it got in the 40s, I mean, we thought we were just going to die. Oh, yeah. Well, Amber, do you know that I'm from Alaska? Do you know that? Oh, I didn't know that. (gasps) Yeah. So I was born and raised in Alaska and we moved to Texas about 10 years ago. And so when it dropped to 29 a couple weeks ago, I was like, I do not like this. When we had the freeze last year, I was like, excuse me. No, everyone's like, you're from Alaska. You should be okay with this. I'm like, first of all, our houses in Alaska are insulated. That's right. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. And we live in the (laughs) South now. I do not like snow and ice. I don't, while I can drive on this, doesn't mean any of you Texans can. Like, (laughs) no, thank you. No, thank you. So yes, I am like sending you warm wishes. What part of Alaska? So this is like the fun facts. I was actually born and raised in Fairbanks, but really my hometown was North Pole. So I literally lived about a block and a half, (laughs) two blocks from Santa's house. No. Oh, I'm not even kidding you. You're not? Like, Like, I'm thinking you're just making this up for the kids. No, 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 no. Um, I lived just about a block and a half from Santa's house. My dad was the associate pastor of North Pole Baptist Church. North Pole is decorated in Christmas year round. What? And I had family members that lived on Kris Kringle Drive, like literally grew up next door to Santa. 
Well, you can tell us things about him that we probably don't need to know. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's very true. It is a quaint little shop. It has reindeer. Um, it's, I mean, if you send your letters to Santa's house, that's where it goes. It's so fun to have like lived that life. But at the yeah. same time when I'm like, oh yeah, so I'm, I'm from North Pole. I'm like, oh yeah, this is, this is actually an interesting story. So it is an interesting story. You should definitely share it more often because yeah. I'm thinking like, did that happen before people really fell in love with Santa or after, because I'm thinking that's a really good marketing tool for a town. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm 35 and my mom was from North pole, but she moved to the North pole and she was like 15 or 16. So wow. I don't know when the Miller family took it over or like built it. I should look into that. That's a really yeah. interesting, that's interesting, but no, it's, I drove by Santa's house every morning on my way to school. Like there's a little train, like all of this stuff that is, that is where I'm from. Like, that's and then, so crazy. and then shortly after I was about in fifth or sixth grade, when we moved to the Kenai Peninsula, which is the salmon capital of the world. So that's yeah. Where- so Kenai is where my in-laws had a airplane hangar and a little garage apartment for years. Um, oh, so fun. yeah, there you go. Yeah. So Kenai, so my family, another just like fun fact is like, I'm a missionary, like missions okay. runs deep in my blood. My grandpa, um, left his life in Colorado with my, like they homesteaded to Alaska. So my grandpa could be a missionary to the um, villages. So he was a bush pilot and he would fly out and minister to uh, I love Native it. Alaskans. So fun. Yeah. It's one of those things. Like I didn't really put together till about last year when I was kind of like writing out like the legacy I come from, it was really impactful to be like, mm-hmm. Oh, what a beautiful family legacy that my grandpa gave it all away and moved to Alaska to be a missionary. He worked at the post office, but he's a missionary. And my mom and my grandma, my uncle just took in people like they were just this safe house for people. And then, um, my stepdad is a pastor. And so I come from a legacy of like mm. people who share the word and, That's and while awesome. I do it differently than them, I still feel very proud to, uh, stand in that like next generation. Yeah. Now is your mom and your stepdad still in Alaska? No, they're in Kentucky. What? Um, yeah. Just one connection yeah. after another. What I know. Part we said that earlier. I thought they are, uh, in Radcliffe. Uh, oh yes. Oh yes, girl. I know Radcliffe. I grew up in tiny, tiny town, but when you grow up in Kentucky, you almost know all this, not all the small yeah. towns, but lots of the small towns. So yeah. Yeah. They're like right outside Fort Knox, right? Yep. Oh, mm-hmm. yep. That's a big change from Alaska. Well, even funnier than that, they went from Alaska to Hawaii. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then Hawaii to Kentucky. They've been all And now over. they're like, why am I in Kentucky? After I, being in they're Hawaii, they're like, we're probably moving like- to Kentucky. I'm like, or I'm like, why, why, why would you do that? Why mm-hmm. would you do it to me? Obviously I'm a very selfish child. Why would you do that to me? That's I right. don't, I mean like Kentucky's <laughs> great, but like Hawaii. <laughs> I mean, not compared to Hawaii, even though Hawaii is so expensive. I don't, Oh, and it's I'm hard thankful. to live there. I think. Yeah. I'm thankful that they're not there during the pandemic. Like if we've gotten to see them a couple of times and, and if, if they were over there, it'd be a lot harder. So, yeah. Well, you've told us a lot about yourself already, but I want everyone to know that you also are a podcaster and just really what we're going to talk about today is friendship. And so tell us a little bit about your family, um, your kids, your husband, all those things. And then also a little bit about your podcast. I love my family being, being the wife and the mom that I get to be is probably, um, the greatest calling I have. And it is the most meaningful. Um, and it's one that I have probably shirked off the most. (laughs) Um, my husband, Jesse and I have been married for about 17 years. We've been together 18, which is just bananas. Cause Mm -hmm. we, I was 18 when we got together. Wow. Um, nope. I was 17. We got together. We have been together for a very long time. 
sleeping around That's three. Right, since you were babies. Oh, babies, like child bride. Um, and I like, I know. Remember I you because... think though, when you're 17, you're so grown up. And now I look at oh, college yeah. kids and I'm like, that kid looks like they're 15 and saying, my husband will be like, uh, they're a junior in college. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, we were 17. We started dating. I have a 15 year old and I'm looking at him. Like you could meet the girl you marry in the next couple of years. Like that is crazy to me. And I'm also like, no, sir. Uh, so we, he's 15. We have Titus. He is 13. And then we have Zoe, our daughter. And Zoe's adopted from Africa. She's 11 and she's deaf. We are a fun family and you see us coming because if we are not signing wildly, we look different and we are very loud and sarcastic no matter what we're signing or saying. Uh, so we're just a really fun group. We have two dogs. Um, our younger, our younger one is a, um, nightmare dressed like a daydream. Her name is Isla. She's very bad. <laughs> She's very bad right now. We're very upset with her. Um, but that's kind of a little bit about our family. We're just this fun group that lives in, um, central Texas. We love the new Braunfels area where we live. It's a German establishment set around festivals, which is just so fun. It's kind of like stars hollow, which is wow. So yeah, it's Look really you. You like have all the cool places to live. I do. Oh my gosh, you're so right. And so, um, when Zoe came home about five years ago, the the pa- the three years prior to that was all adoption and figuring out how to bring this kid home. And then she came home. I don't remember six months of that. And then she went to school, and I had mm. these like idle hands, and I didn't know what to do with my time anymore. And I kind of like felt this urge to be creative, but I didn't really know what it looked like. So I was just praying and I was like, God, what do you want me to do? I want to connect with people. I want to like, I want to do something more yeah. than lunch with my friends, you know, and go to the gym. Like I, I, I had this like desire within me, but I didn't know what it was. And I was listening to podcasts and I'd be like, oh, I'd ask this person that, or I'd ask this and oh, oh my gosh, could you imagine talking to them like and hearing their story and just kind of like this like little fire ignited. And it was just yeah. like, oh, I wonder what this looks like. And so, um, the idea for it's time for coffee came up and I originally was going to call it let's be friends because that was my heart. Like let's be friends. Like let's let everybody be friends and connect and all this stuff. And uh, that name was actually taken. So I couldn't use it. And this idea spawned out of wanting to connect with others, wanting to make other people feel less lonely. Cause I knew how lonely I felt like, man, I walked a whole adoption process with some of the dearest friends in the world, but they didn't really understand what I was walking through or, um, you know, when you are doing the dishes, it's just kind of like these mundane tasks that you're like, this would be much more fun if I had a friend with me, but who wants to like haul their laundry over or me haul my laundry and fold together, you know? So I was like, how can we connect on this like deep level within our own homes, which who knew what 20, 20s were going right. to bring to us. Yeah. And so, um, it was just this really cool time to, kind of dream with God. And, and that's where it's time for coffee came. It came from the desire to connect and help other women and men feel less alone. I wanted them to feel seen and heard and that they would feel like they had a friend with them no matter where they were. And that was, God just kind of like kept confirming that that was the next right step. Yeah. And it does um, provide sometimes such great talking points for when you are just even with a girlfriend out at coffee, you know, you can just bring something up like, Hey, when you, I talked to this person and they said this and it just, yeah, it's a really good springboard to other conversations, but tell me this, you have already mentioned that you grew up in a family where you feel like there's really a legacy of sharing the word of God. And so when do you feel like that you really began walking with Christ, share a little bit of your faith journey with us, kind of what that looked like growing up and even into now. 
when I was four years old, my biological dad passed away. And mm-hmm. I remember, I don't like all of that's very, I mean, I was four. So it's a very, very wild, but I remember being probably five at that point, And I was laying on the floor with my big sister. We were in the living room having a slumber party, you know? And I told her, like, I remember crying to her saying like, I just want to see dad again. I just want to mm-hmm. see our dad again. And she said, oof, she said, um, to go to heaven, to see our dad again, you have to ask Jesus into your heart. And so she led me through this, like, really, and we were, like we said, I was in church nine months before I was born. So I like, I yeah. knew the church. I knew God. I knew heaven. I knew what these things meant as much as a four-year-old does, five-year-old does. Right. So she walked me through the prayer of salvation and yeah. said like, okay, this is, this is what you do. And so it was just so, just such a sweet moment. Like just have that like tender relationship with my sister in that, in that time she was nine. I, I think about her now and she's just, she's one of my dearest friends and, and to have that like moment with her is so precious. So I was baptized and fun fact about that too. I was baptized by my now stepdad, um, who I just call my dad. Um, so my dad so got cool. to baptize me. So what was meant, what could have hurt me really badly as a, as a teen or as a, I don't know, trauma, like that we deal with was this thing that brought me to the Lord. And we were raised in the church and there was those moments as a teenager where I'm like, did that count? Does that count? And so there's just like that constant surrender, which I don't, I don't like look at it with shameful eyes. I look at it as like a reminder of like, man, anytime I need to, anytime I want to, anytime I feel like sinful, like there's that surrender, like what a, what a mm. good God that he doesn't say like, you did this one time, you don't need to do this again, or don't you trust me or all of that. Mm-hmm. So I just am really thankful that like, I have different moment mark, like different yeah. mind markers that like, I remember like that surrender again. And that's uh, a good perspective. Yeah. Just like surrender. Like there's times where I take back the wheel so hard that I'm like, I Thank surrender. You. I'm sorry. And so it's just a reminder that we're sinners and that we, we are called to live a saint filled life. We have to surrender. We live in a fallen world. So I accepted Jesus when I was four, four or five, I was baptized right then and um, have done my best to live a surrendered life as best I can. And Mm. so, um, there's a little bit of time where we were out of the church where my dad kind of ran from the Lord. Uh, but Mm. watching him surrender his life back was just a really great lesson. And we have free will and we have this ability to do what we want, even though we know what's right. And so just the the goodness of God that accepts us back constantly is just such a freeing thing. It's such a loving thing. Yes, it is. I mean, whoo, yes. If you're listening to Grace Enough, I have a feeling you have a desire to memorize scripture. Me too. But I struggled with daily practice until I discovered Dwell Differently. Dwell helps you memorize one Bible verse each month by taking the first letter of every word in a verse, stringing them together in a cool design, and providing the design as a temporary tattoo on a key tag and on a four by five card. Everywhere you go, you're reminded of the verse you're memorizing. Last month, the middle school small group I co-lead applied the 2 Corinthians 416 tattoo to our forearms. We spent time memorizing it, and at the end of our next gathering, one of the girls, Kaya, came up to me and said, I memorized 2 Corinthians 416, and went on to recite the verse. How awesome is that? The best part is people are always asking what your tattoo means. It's an easy way to share your faith and memorize scripture alone 
with friends or with family of all ages. Every month, you get a kit in the mail. And if you set up an individual or family membership between now and March 31st, 2022, you will receive 25% off your first month. Just use the code GRACEENOUGH at checkout. And if you want to dig a little deeper, follow Dwell Differently on Instagram at Dwell Differently, where they provide devotionals for each month's verse. Begin memorizing scripture today with help from Dwell Differently. Visit dwelldifferently.com to receive your kit today. Let's get into talking about friendship because you, you shared that one of the reasons why you came up with your podcast and decided to go forward with it was really because you wanted to connect with others. And I suspect that's the very same reason why you're so passionate about talking about friendship and encouraging others to really go out of their comfort zone, particularly as adults and make friends. And so is there something that took place in your life or when did you kind of realize like, this is something I want to speak to on a regular basis because it's so vital. I look back at my life and I have always had friends around me. And I don't, I don't know if that's just been like the goodness of God, like his protection to know that like, I would not be okay by myself. Or if it is just how he set up this ministry that I get to walk in now. And I remember being a really insecure friend in elementary school. I remember making new friends at a new school when we moved and asking a girl who I had just met if she was mad at me. And she's like, no, why would I be mad at you? I'm like, I don't know. I told make sure like I was just a really insecure friend and I've seen that play into my life in my thirties where I've been insecure. Like, Oh, am I doing uh, like mm. people pleasing? Yeah. Like, let's call it what it is. People pleasing. And as I've gotten older, so we moved from Alaska 10 years ago and I had to make all new friends and I had never done that before. I was literally having lunch with my elementary high school, junior high. Like I had lunch with my group of friends once a quarter, like, because I still lived in close proximity to my friends from elementary school, like wild. So to move to a new state where I knew nobody, it kind of opened my eyes to the sense of like, oh, not everybody still talks to their friends from elementary school. (laughs) Weird. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, (laughs) so I remember like hyping myself up before I'd walk into the gym, like, okay, you don't know anybody right now, but you will know at least one person when you walk out of this building. Like it was like a goal to make friends. And now looking back, I can see where I get to pull from experience of saying like, Hey, if you want to make a friend, like you got to look up, you got to be consistent in the gym classes you go to. You got to be consistent in the Bible studies you go to, uh, put your phone away, like look up, Mm -hmm. ask questions, be willing to look stupid, but also be willing to, um, put yourself out there first. And I am a big, big proponent of if we want good friends, we have to be good friends. And Mm -hmm. that means holding the mirror to ourselves first. This is the kind of friend I'm looking for. Are you willing to be that friend? This is the kind of friend I want to be. Are you willing to be that friend? Your expectations are this. Can you meet those expectations? Like all of that. I feel like we have to hold the mirror at first because we want to be the healthiest versions of a friend for our friends. And so um, if I wanted to make new friends, I need to go into a situation where I was positioned to make friends. And uh, I really think moving to Texas helped me with that. And when we look at the Bible, man, the Bible is full of deep friendships. The Bible immediately yeah. starts with God cre- God's creation. He makes Adam. He sets a rule. He says, it's not good for you to be alone. 
an immediate companionship was placed. Mm -hmm. And so I think we see like, we see friendships with Moses and Joshua. We see friendships with David and Jonathan. We see friendships with Naomi and Ruth. We see friendships with Esther and Mordecai, like family relationships, Mm -hmm. family friendships that hold us accountable, hold us to a higher calling and push us deeper into relationships. I mean, don't even get me started on Jesus's friendships. I know we're going to talk about that. You already, we already have that. So I'm just like, we were created for connection. And I think as I got older, when we moved to Texas and I kept hearing that friendships were hard and people Mm -hmm. were struggling in friendships, I was like, but wait a second, why? Mm -hmm. And then as we walk through this pandemic, I can see why, because Mm -hmm. isolation is easier Mm -hmm. because it's easy for us to hold back our stuff. Because if we hold back our stuff, we're not having to shine light on our sin on our shame, on our hurts, on our wounds, any of that. And we can just hold it back. Well, then we're isolated and then we're alone. And the Bible tells us if you're, if a person is cold at night alone, they're going to freeze. But if there's Mm. a second person there, they can keep them warm. If there's a third person there, they won't be knocked down. It like fuels my heart to talk about this because I want to like hug our people and say like, I know this is hard. I know that it can be really scary to put yourself out there. But what is scarier to me is walking alone in a parking lot at night, like mm-hmm. where I'm vulnerable, where I'm isolated. Um, what's better is being in community and knowing that together we are not easily knocked down. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm walking alone in a parking lot at night. I think about like, it's even scarier to just be sitting in your house alone yeah. all the time. And sometimes in this world that we live in now, where it's so easy to think that you're connected to people because you see people on a screen. um, But then you sit alone at night and you're like, no one really knows anything that's going on in my life. Yeah. That is not good. No, I remember going through a really, I remember going through a really dark season in marriage and, um, I think we had two, the boys were real little, you know, you lose yourself in that stage Whew. and, um, amen. And don't I worry remember, though, friends. Yeah. It gets we better. Got you. <laughs> and, and we've got you, right? Like we're here for you. You're good. Um, but I remember thinking if somebody asked me how I'm doing, I'll tell them the truth. Mm. If someone says, how are you really? I'll tell them. Mm. Um, but being a pastor's kid, it didn't always allow for that because there were some hard parts of being in the church, it being in ministry where like we were held to a really high standard. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some of that, like with my own pastor's family, uh, I'm like, you guys are allowed to be messy. Like I like shake their kids and love them hard yeah. because I'm like, the standard is un- unreasonable. Like I'm it like is. breaking molds for them. I just remember thinking, I'll tell somebody if they really ask me mm-hmm. because the hardest part of being on all the time is everyone expects you to be good all the time. And when we were struggling, I just needed somebody to understand I was struggling or somebody to tell me it's okay to struggle, you know, like it's okay to fight through this. And so that was, that's kind of where that, like, I want us to have deep friendships that can ask, how are you really, but like, really what's going on? Like, you don't look okay. What's what's happening? Why are you sitting at home alone a lot more than why are you saying no to going out? What's going on? And so that's kind of, the call, the push to friendship. Yeah. And that's the thing too. I mean, I think there are some introverted people that like, you need that time at home alone. And so Mm -hmm. that's not what we're talking about, but before we jump ahead, I do want to make sure that we touch on 
like when you move to Texas and you're having to be intentional about friendships. And I remember when I moved here to Raleigh, that exact same thing, like you have to take those steps. And I remember one of my friends, Sarah, one time when I was talking to her and a, a talk that I did on community. And she just said, you know, you helped me realize like that person that I feel like I have something in common with in Bible study. I just need to ask her to come over, even if she says no. And so that was pre 2020. How do you encourage women to put themselves out there to engage in friendships in this, whatever world we're living in now, it's just different than pre 2020 there's a level of comfort that we have to find for each of ourselves, you know, and that changes, you know, just talking that changes week to week, like what I can do this week versus what I can do last Mm -hmm. week. Or I think honestly, joining a Bible study in your church is a good one. Um, mops groups, man, I hated going to mops when we first moved to Texas. And I was just talking to like a director of mops. I told her that, but I can tell you some of the people who have spoken the best wisdom and love into my life have been from that mops group. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think that there's little things like that, like mops meets once a month. And then there's like little gatherings that you can sprinkle into your month. Uh, I think that's a really great thing. Um, if you have kids that are older than preschoolers, there is like the mops older one, but, um, I would say find a Bible study, mm-hmm. uh, within your church or a local church. Some of my very best friends I met in Texas, I met at the gym yeah. and it is a place where I don't go, um, dolled up. I wear I, I like nice gym clothes. So I do have like nice gym clothes. Um, <laughs> Not me. You but, can come be my friend. You never know what you're going to see me yeah. in at the gym. <laughs> it's true. I, I should say I wear nice pants because I don't want to, but you know, I don't want those see-through pants. I do. Oh. I'm very concerned. I don't have that. those. I don't have those. I'm very concerned. Very concerned with that. So I have nice leg- leggings. That's my big thing. Um, but I don't go to the gym dolled up. I go in probably the most vulnerable state. I remember getting in the car after one day and like looking in the mirror and being like, oh my gosh, people want to be friends with me. And I look like this, this is crazy. Um, And so I think putting yourself out there in a sense where you can be vulnerable, it just not even like vulnerable, but just like, I'm here. Um, Those stroller walking groups that meet in some parks locally, like those are always really great ones to meet people at. And then I know that we are in the most connected generation, but the loneliest, but I will say, join a group online, like a Facebook group. Uh, This is not a plug for my own thing, but I have a um, book club that I, we meet once a month on online. We read a book. We're in a Facebook group together. We build community that way. There has been sweet friendships built out of that book club. Some of them live in the same state or some of them nearby. Like it's just a really fun way to connect. So use the internet for good and connect with it, like connect with other people. Facebook groups are wildly popular, like find something like that. If there's something that interests you, take a course. A lot of courses come with groups and then you, then you make friends based on like a common, like there's an immediate commonality there. And so I just Mm -hmm. think that there's lots of ways to connect. We just kind of get stuck in that, like, well, I'm not comfortable going to church right now because of the pandemic. So what can I do? I guess I'll just do nothing. It's like, no, there's always other ways. There's always something else that we can do to pursue people. And we all have neighbors. Oh my goodness. We all have neighbors. That is one of the biggest things when the pandemic hit that I was like, we're going to love our neighbors well. Uh And it's so, you're so true. And like Facebook groups, neighborhood Facebook groups, Mm -hmm. like our neighborhood just started a book club. Like I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too. And we're going to talk kind of about some different, and maybe we can just go ahead and do that now. I mean, I think so much about 
Christ and his relationships and how he had this inner circle of three. Then we have the outer circle of 12 and then we have the community at large. And so all friendships are not, I don't want to say created equal because that sounds so tacky, but they're not, um, you, you do, we cannot cultivate intimacy with 25 people. Um, we can do that with a small group, but we can have really close friends still with 25 Mm -hmm. people, but then there's the community at large where there are friendships in this community at large that may just be small talk. It may be just serving one another, but kind of talk to that a little bit and how important it is really to have every layer of that. I think that, um, the spice girls or like Taylor Swift's like girl gang or whatever, kind of like wrecked our mentality where it's like, I have to have a squad. And if I don't have a squad, then it's so hard. And it's like, okay, what did Jesus model for us? Jesus modeled, um, three close friends and 12. Also when Jesus set Taylor, the 12, he knew the entire time Judas was going to betray him and he still accepted him in. He still loved him. When I think about that, I think about like Jesus knew how Judas took his coffee. Like Jesus Mm -hmm. knew Judas's likes and dislikes because even though he was to betray him, he was still considered a friend. When he says Judas gets ready to go betray him, Jesus says, go, go like friend, go and do what you need to do. Oh my gosh. I know. That's just like one of my favorite parts. I'm like, Jesus, you were so nice. Um, because I'd be like, no, I'm not letting I'm you. Like, do I don't group. trust you. You get the heck out of here. I know yeah, what you, you can do. Oh, <laughs> Me too. So I would just struggle with that. So I think when we look at our community at large, we have to be really intentional about those that we let close to us. I am a big believer of like three to five. Like, I think there's like this study, which I really should like know it better than this. But I think there's a study that says like, you can have five really close friends. And if you're married or in a serious relationship that takes up two. So you really get like three close friends. And then there's like this other, like outer ring community, like Jesus had. And so if you think about those three close friends who you trust with everything, they are your people. You are able to tell them the ugly parts of your heart. Um, and if you don't have that yet, that's totally fine. But it like takes a lot of time, it does take time. It takes cultivating and they might not be in your actual community. They might be somewhere far off. So you might have to have those like Marco Polo conversations. You might have to have FaceTime dates, um, or like voice memos and stuff like that. Um, so that there's, there's that inner circle that we cultivate that like, when you think about your year and we think about like pouring into friendships, those are the people you want to pour into because if you're pouring into them and hope they'll pour into you. And then you have the outer ring. And then that outer ring is like, who am I going to invite to my birthday dinner? Who, who, are, yeah. who are the people that like sit at my table that I get to serve and love? And I know that they're going to serve and love me. Um, and not in like in a gross way, you know, but I mean, no. like, who are the people that are sitting at my table that are bringing me life? Yeah, um, that's right. The way that I always look at it is, when it's so sacred rest is such a great book, Dr. Sondra Dalton, but she talks about that, how for some people relationships, like just totally suck the life out of you. But for some people you walk away and you know, those friends that when you walk away, you are energized. Like that doesn't just have to be your three, but I mean, I can say there's like a group of people, like you said, that would be at my birthday dinner that I'm like, yes, when I finish being with them, I feel energized. And that's not every person 
that you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyways, go and ahead. That, I didn't mean to interrupt. And that but might I just only love be that. like, yeah, and that might only be like six people. Yeah. Again, we don't need to get set into this. Like, if I don't have a table of twenty, I'm a failure at friendship. It's like, no, no, no. Who are the people that light up your life? And and in turn, are you lighting up theirs? Again, hold that mirror up. How are you? How are you bringing life to them? And so I think we just have to get away from this girl gang mentality and cultivate really sweet relationships that will nourish our souls here and now. And I think that, um, I think all of us could make a list of like six people right now that we want to be like, maybe like let's say five people that we want to pour into this year. Um, there's something I do at the beginning of the year, like who are my friends that I'm going to like ask monthly, how can I pray for you? How can I, mm. and then actually do it right. How can I yes. love on them and serve them and hold their arms up? You know, like how can I be a really good friend to these people this year? Because like we said, this takes time. This mm-hmm. takes, this takes cultivating and really like pouring out yourself so that these relationships can grow. And so Mm. I just look at Jesus and I'm like, man, he slowly, but surely invited these 12 guys to do life and ministry with him. They knew that they knew who he was, but they also were like, okay, I guess we'll follow you. Like, we'll just go. And then they still questioned him along the way. Like, why would you do it this way? Why are you doing this? Or are you really who you say you are? And can I sit by you on the throne? Like these guys. And then you have one who's like, uh, I'm going to betray you. And then I'm going to be really sad about it because I actually knew the truth. And so mm-hmm. I just think that, um, when we look at Jesus as a friend, he was just the best. Like he was inviting, mm-hmm. he was teaching, he was discerning. Um, and I really believe that he was funny. Like, I think I look at some of his words and I'm like, God, you're so freaking sassy. Like, he's <laughs> like, he's like, do you really like, are you really questioning me right now? Like, come on. I know. Right. If you are like me, you want your kids to know who God is and how to talk to Him. But the actual process of sitting down with your kids to read the Bible and pray can be overwhelming, painful, and even sometimes boring. Well, I have something that can help you. Finding Jesus in the Psalms is a simple, easy, and fun study for your family during Lent. There's one short lesson each week, which includes a verse guide with hard words defined, questions and activities for your kids, and ways to connect the verses with Jesus. There's also a prayer journal to use with your kids. There's short teaching videos and a podcast prayer episode for each week. You don't have to use all of those resources but they're available to fit with what works for your family. The study is made for busy and tired moms, so everything is super doable and adaptable for younger kids. This study can help teach your kids how to pray the Psalms, experience Jesus in the Psalms, and connect as a family as you prepare your hearts for Easter. Lent begins on March 3rd, 2022. So go sign up now at sarah-keeling.com. That's sarah-k-e-e-l-i-n-g.com to get instant access to finding Jesus in the Psalms study. Because we do know relationships that those close inner 
friendships take a lot of intentional time. They just do. Yeah. And so for the woman who is like, I just, not only do I not feel like that I don't have that, I just, I don't even know really how to begin cultivating that. So not so much how they can meet someone, but maybe the mindset, some mindset tips of how you get to that place of true intimacy with a couple other friends. Isn't that hard? Because for so many different personality types, it looks so different. We want to be careful that we're not just people pleasing or like Mm -hmm. telling people what they want to hear and ignoring our own hearts. Um, I think one of my favorite ways to get to know people better is to ask how they, how this, and this is always so hard for me, but I always try to ask a new friend how I can be praying for them. Like, how can I pray for you? Uh, And then turn to be vulnerable and say, Hey, would you pray for me on this? Because when we open ourselves up to that and when it's like, when it's mutually open, like, Hey, or Hey, would you pray for me on this? Like if you open that door first, like, Hey, I'm really struggling. Could you please pray for me? You're showing them that you trust them. Mm. And then, and then they'll, if they respond, you say, that's great. Um, how can I pray or thank you? How can I pray for you? So we, if we open it in a tender way like that, there's a depth Mm -hmm. there, right? Also, I know that sometimes we don't have time to cultivate relationships and, and it is like those hidden moments, Marco Polo, I've mentioned it a couple times already this episode, but like, I love the Marco Polo app because I can yes. prop my phone up while I'm like typing something out or while I'm doing the dishes and I can like tell my best friend a story and she can watch it while she nurses. And then she will respond to me while she's nursing. You know, like it's those hidden moments of like communication and connection that I think sometimes, um, and I'm not this self-helpy person that's like, we all have the same hours of the day. We have to use our time wisely, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, we all have the same amount of time. So where can you fit in a little text or where can you fit in a little Marco Polo or an email even, or send a, like sending TikToks is like the new texting. Like, is it really? Funny, oh, gosh. I mean, just, to, <laughs> just for me, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> But it's fun to send send videos like this made me think of you. Oh my gosh, this is so funny. Um, just something like that that just shows that you care because it's like those little Valentine hearts, like you're cute or you're funny. Like it's just like saying something. It's being intentional with our time, even in like the two to three minutes that we could sneak away or or send a little text. And it's being intentional with our words. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who we had a little bit of a falling out a few years ago. And it wasn't bad. Like we resolved the conflict and it was good, but it just wasn't like we both kind of needed space. That space turned into three years. And all of a sudden she texts yeah. me on my birthday and says, Hey, happy birthday. And I was like, Hey man, I really miss you. Can we have coffee soon? We set up a coffee date and we do not leave that next coffee date without setting a next date. So we meet yeah. once a month for coffee and it's like an hour and a half a month, but it's right. a way for us to connect. And it's a way for us to be really intentional and care for a friendship that means something to us. That's right. Well, and I, I think too, for the person who you are just a little more introverted. And so, I mean, as you can tell, Jeanette and I, neither one are super introverted in the sense of we're going to like, I can make conversation pretty easily. Um, now that doesn't always mean that I can go deep easily with people because I actually have a harder time over the long haul in relationships than I do in the short term, if that makes sense. Like I can, I can really meet a lot of people but I can struggle in the long term. And so I'm always telling people too, like, don't forget to ask about someone's week, just mm-hmm. actually engage in a conversation. That's going to teach you something about that person. 
Yeah. You know, their job, their family, what do they like to do for fun? Um, just some of those questions that actually show someone you're interested in who they are as a person. And as awkward as that can feel early on, if you ask people that over and over again, it gets to the point where it's just not awkward at all. It's just part of yeah. what you do when you're talking to people. And I'll say one of the sweetest things that just has happened recently was I'll ask somebody like, Hey, how's your family? Blah, blah, blah. Like just conversational. And then I walked away from conversation saying, Lord, help me to remember to follow up with them on that. Yes. Yes. Like help me to be a good friend and in turn say, Hey, how, how was this? Uh, for example, it happened with one of our coaches at the gym. Her sister had a baby, but then immediately got COVID. They were all sick. She couldn't meet the baby for like a month, all this stuff. Oh. And I was like, how's your sister? And how's that baby? Yeah. The Lord just gave when, when we are intentional enough to say like, Hey God, help me to be a good friend and, and remind me of this just yesterday or last week, one of my favorite baristas, oh, she's the best, uh, told me she was leaving to go pursue a dream of hers. And I was like, when's your last day? She's like next Tuesday. So we talked, I told her I was proud of her and by God's grace, I ran out of coffee beans yesterday. It was Tuesday yesterday. And I was like, oh, good. Oh, good. It's Grace's last day. I get to go say goodbye to her. And so I went up, I gave her a card and this is not to toot my own horn, but this is just out of the sweetness and goodness of God. I gave her a card. I bought my coffee. I bought my coffee beans and I left and I kind of pulled away and I got to look back. I saw her face Mm. and it was just that moment of like, feeling seen. And we sometimes will never get mm-hmm. to see the face of people we see when we see them. And it was just the sweetest moment. And I like, I was like, Lord, help me to rem- help me to continue to be a good friend like this. That will fill me up for the year. And that will push me forward. Help me remember these dates. Help me to um, check in on this friend, like mm. pray for those urgings, even as an introvert, pray for those urgings that the Holy Spirit will give us to check in on our people. Wake up in the middle of the night. Lord, Lord, who can I be praying for right now? Who do you want mm-hmm. me praying for? And then I think about the the barista and it's like, you know, that's not your inner circle friend. That's probably not even mm-hmm. your 12. That's your larger community oh. friend that you are just like, this is what friendship on different levels looks like. Yeah. It's still friendship. Yeah. I just love in our community and the people around us. I will not compare myself to Jesus, but it's like when people were like, my daughter's dying, this is happening. And Jesus is like, I got you. Like, we'll go like, we're, we're taking care of this together. And it's just like, I want, I want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And that just means being a little bit more aware. And sometimes it means going up to the coffee shop at seven 30 in the morning because I ran out of coffee beans. Yes. Well, with all of that said, um, I love that you actually pointed out that you kind of had a conflict with a friend because we, we do, we live in a broken world. So some really dear friendships don't last. They don't always last. And sometimes we face conflict and sometimes they dissolve for good reasons. And there's just all kinds of reasons, unmet expectations. And this point disagreements over COVID it's really interesting what can happen in friendships. And so what are some tips that really help us to navigate? I hate saying breakup friendship. I love saying breakup. I love saying breakup. Okay. Well, you can tell me why, because I hate it. Yeah. But like, what are some tips to navigate that? Man, friendship breakups, I think is why we say friendship as adults so hard. And so I'm like, we don't say friendship is hard. We say friendship is always worth the work. Um, Mm -hmm. And sometimes that means that we break up. And I feel like if we talked about friendship breakups, as much as we talk about like romantic breakups, 
and normalized it a little bit more yeah and dropped some of that shame off of it we as adults would be navigating it a little bit healthier Um, okay I like it thanks man uh so some tips for a friendship breakup is sometimes when we look at our table and we're seeing those people who give us life sometimes there's a person there that doesn't and or we walk away questioning ourselves our beliefs and we find our, for me, I'll speak personally for me, I find myself questioning why I need to please that person so badly. Mm. What about, what about this friendship is causing me to strive, um, or to, or to make myself smaller or to, I don't know, and fill in the blank. However, mm-hmm. however that person or their presence, I want to say their presence, not the person, but however their presence is kind of affecting you. We have to like look into that and and do a really big heart check there. And sometimes that's the hardest thing because um, we love that person. They're in our life for a reason. They're at that table. that makes us happy for a reason. And they've invited us to their table as well. So there's just like this big conundrum, right? And then it, and then there's a conversation <laughs> that needs to be had. That's right. And, um, I just posted that reel that was like, what are you going to do? Boss up or cry about it? It's like, first of all, I'm going to do both. (laughs) It's like, that's exactly how I look at that. Like, first of all, I'm going to do both. So I have to, um, almost like internally process it with the Lord. And then my husband, my husband is such a sound piece of wisdom for me. Like he's a counsel. He's like just such a good counsel for me. And, um, there's times where I brought him situation where I'm like, I don't know what to do here. I'm very wounded. I hurt greatly. I don't want to lose this friendship, but I don't know that it's savable. And Mm -hmm. those conversations are really hard. And so uh, I think tips wise. Okay. So tips, communication. It Mm -hmm. is the hardest thing to do to communicate with a friend when you have been hurt Mm -hmm. um, because it's vital, vital. man, it's vital. And it's just like a romantic relationship. We would never advise our girlfriends if they're in a romantic relationship and they're being like, hurt like they have hurt feelings we would never be like just stuff it under the rug you're fine you're fine no we would say just never talk to to them again (laughs) no communicate like come on and so like talk to this person so it's kind of like saying it's preparing that posture of your heart and being like hey and for me it was very like um a friendship breakup that I went through was very much like hey I've stuffed a lot I've I've stuffed a lot down for a while because I'm an Enneagram type nine and I haven't wanted Mm -hmm. to bring anything up Mm-hmm. And I think I've people pleased too long and here's my heart and it wasn't met well. And it wasn't, I wasn't gracefully like it, it just, it wasn't good. And so it fell apart. And through that, I learned a lot, man. I learned to believe the best in my people. Yep. Um, I learned to ask for a lot of grace. I learned to communicate better. Oh man. And I learned I learned a lot about like what Jesus says about friendship and some of those things is like not walking into the room. There's a verse in Proverbs that says like, don't believe you're the wisest person in the room. I never want to believe I'm the wisest person in the room. I want to come in humbly teachable. And sometimes in our friendships, we tend to show up, especially if there's conflict, we show up like, this is where I'm right. This is where you're wrong. This is all of these things. And so we have to, um, probably show up a little bit more tender, a little bit sweeter, but then also like know that, um, sometimes it's not met the way we want it to be met. And sometimes relationships end and Mm -hmm. there's, there's times where I say, stick it out and stay like, love your people. Well, go the distance for your people. And there's times where it's like, okay, we tried reconciliation. We tried talking this out like a regular relationship, dating relationship. Sometimes these fade and, um, we have to be okay with that. 
mm-hmm. at the same time, I want my friend's name or ex-friend's even's name to be safe in my mouth. Um, and I want to mm-hmm. carry their reputation well, as I would hope they would want the same for me. And mm-hmm. so it's a very, um, man, it's hard. And that we're, that is where I want to be like, friendships are hard. Relationships with other people are hard because we live in a sinful, broken world where mm-hmm we do work on the internet and pride runs rampant and, and life happens and long distance and short distance and, and all of these things like are all compounded and, and makes relationships hard, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. go for it. Yeah. Oh, well, but, no, but I, I was just, it. I was just going to say it's so normal to have conflict. Um, yes. Sometimes though relationships, like it's not even conflict. It's just the season is over. And I love what you say though. Like, I mean, pray, 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 because when you talk about like, okay, the Lord allowed Judas and his company all that time. So we do have to really pray for discernment and then Mm -hmm. believing the best about them is one that has been the most challenging for me and, um, learning to just pray God's blessings on the people that I'm struggling with. Yeah. Is like, okay, if I'm really, if I can get to a place of really praying that God is looking upon them with favor and blessing them, that can allow me to walk away from a friendship, uh, without so much bitterness. Yeah. You know, and resentment. Yeah. And it's one of those things where, again, if I'm holding up the mirror, I'm like, well, I would hope that they would be doing the same for me. Like, let's walk away in peace and blessings. And, um, I love that. Like, it's kind of sassy to say, but like that bless and release, like, Hey, I am going to bless you and I'm going to release this. And those seasons change so dang fast. Like you and I were just talking about seasons in, in the South, like one day it's 85 degrees and the next it's 29. Sometimes our relationships change like that. We're all of a sudden it's like, Whoa, what happened here? Okay. So you got a new job and that's taking a lot more of your time. Okay. Well, this is a different season. How can I support you? Oh shoot. Like we just kind of had to like roll with the seasons but then there's seasons of release. I mean, Ecclesiastes tells us that like there's seasons, there's seasons in every little thing of our lives and we have to accept it. Otherwise we're either ignoring the seasons and like any good farmer would tell you, like you can't ignore the season that you're in. If it's season for harvest, you have to harvest. Otherwise your crops are going to die out. If it's a season for tilling the land, you have to till the land or your plants aren't going to grow. We have to be tending to the seasons that we're in, especially in friendship, because Mm -hmm. we might be in a season where friendships are lacking because we've just coming, we're coming out of a pandemic. Well, how can we tend to that season that we're in? Like, how can we be really intentional in our season to love the people closest to us and then further out? And so that's, I, I tend to like forget because I'm like friendship, 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 but I'm also like, the season of our life matters. And I want each of us to know that like, you might only have one really close friend right now. So tend to that season, Mm -hmm. tend to tend to that person treasure. Um, Oh, treasure so much, so Mm -hmm. much. And while breakups happen, doesn't make you a bad friend. It doesn't make them a bad friend. It just, it shows us that like life ebbs and flows, right? Like it happens. I, I've walked through not many friendship breakups, but I've walked through seasons of like lacking friends Mm -hmm. or seasons of not deep friendships or a season of breakup where I literally felt like I had been broken up with the one, you know what I mean? Like, Oh yes, I do. (laughs) I do more than I care to admit. (laughs) Oh man. And it's like, okay, 
how can we learn? And that's, I'm always like, right. The sanctifying process of it. It's like, don't forget that in this, God is doing a good work. Yeah. You may not be a bad friend. Your other friend may not be a bad friend, but be for sure to know that you can grow and learn from it and you can become a better friend. And it's not just because quote unquote, you're a bad friend. It's because that's what we're all doing. Like hopefully we're all learning to be more Christ-like, which means we're learning to be a better friend. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And I think that that's why I like saying breakups because it's, it's like shame off. Like we're not, we're not dealing with that shame Mm. of breaking up. We are, we are like, Oh man, that was a really close friend. And I'm really sad that we're not together anymore. Yeah. Same as I am with my high school boyfriend. I'm not a bad spouse or girlfriend because my high school boyfriend broke up with me. I was a good girlfriend. I was a good, I was, I was fun, but we broke up. doesn't make me a bad partner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I probably wasn't a good girlfriend. When I, I was getting ready to 16. say, actually, I think back on my high school relationship yeah, when I was I a horrible girlfriend. <laughs> you know what? I also think back on some of the relation, the friendships that fell apart for me. And I do bear a lot of the blame because I wasn't a good communicator. Yeah. Like I did just get mad and harbor things and not communicate or think that the best about them. So there yeah. are times that it's like, yeah, but it doesn't have to be a shame game. It's a, nope. okay, Lord, like, grow me in this. I don't want yeah. to continue destructing relationships because, um, I'm not handling things in a way that's going to honor you. Right. Yeah, like that's exactly, it. it's exactly it's holding up that mirror saying, how did this fall apart on my end? What mm-hmm. did I do wrong here? And Lord teach me. So I don't do this again Yeah, because yeah. I don't want to walk through a brutal breakup like that ever again. That was, it was hard. It was, it was, it was really hard. And so if I'm like, okay, teach me, teach me your ways, um, help me to not be the wisest person in the room and help me to be the best friend I can be, um, Mm -hmm. in the seasons that I'm in. Well, let's close with this. How has celebrating your friends and thinking the best about them in all situations impacted you personally? Yeah. When I I think is when I started the podcast, I told Jesse that I hope my friends, when I die, I hope my friends stand at my funeral and like, just go around the room and say what a good friend I was mm. and how I cheered them on or how I pushed them out of their comfort zone. Or I wouldn't have done this if Jeanette hadn't said this to me. Like I, I want to be known for a legacy of cheerleading. Mm. And he said, well, I hope that they can speak to what a good wife you are too. And I was like, nah, that's fine. <laughs> cheerleader, <laughs> cheerleader for my friends. And so I think it's impacted me because, because I cheer for them so, so loudly because I want to just support them and, and, um, love on them and champion them. Um, in turn, my people love me really well. Mm. They are the best. And it's not always like the loud Instagram accolades, like, look at what Jeanette did. It's, it's a quiet text that says, Hey, you're doing a really good job. Yep. Like that was a really good interview or that was a sweet podcaster. Um, or I come to them brokenhearted and they build me back up. So by cheerleading and loving and supporting and pushing dreams out of them, I get lifted up in the sweetest, sweetest and quietest ways. Um, I'll be, I'll be loud for them every day of the week, but if they'll just come to me quietly and tell me that they love me, it's really, really sweet. And so, um, it's also really nice when they say nice things about me on the internet, but for the most part, (laughs) I'm probably one of like I'm probably like one of like three or four of my friends that do things online aside from like my internet friends. Yes. Um, my internet I friends feel you. like y'all. Oh man, they're the best. And so there's a couple internet people that I run to that I'm like, oh my gosh. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, or you talk to about like, how do I do this well? Or, you know, so 
I think by supporting, it's just, it's that like we support others and get support back. Like, it's just like when we, it's kind of like that, like pouring of the cups. Like if I'm pouring out, they're pouring in. Um, and having people that do that well in your life is really, really important. So if I can be the loudest cheerleader on the block for my people, I know that they'll love, (laughs) that sounds wrong, but like they love me really well as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so if someone wants to connect with you, um, what is the best place for them to find you? I love Instagram. Me too. Like, it's I mean, I, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> we show up there because it's fun. And then that, uh, need to grow feels, feels. That yeah. Space. Well, and everything's on your website too, right? Jeanette. Oh, yes. Yep. Yeah. Jeanette Tapley.com. Everything's there. Podcast notes are, it's time for coffee pod, which is all linked through it's Jeanette Tapley. Um, I have a really great email community that we, that we hang out and I have a book club, which my book club is probably the funnest thing I get to do because we meet like Saturday mornings and I show up like just rolling out of bed. I'm like, Hey guys. And it's just like the most real me. Like it's, it's really, really fun. And I just love that group so much. And so we have a book club, we have the Instagram, we have Facebook. If you're on Facebook, uh, my website and email community, you know, well, Jeanette, thanks so much. I love talking to you today and I'm glad that we get to chat more and more soon. Yes, I know we get to hug each other's neck. That's right, because we're going to a retreat, friends. <laughs> All oh, right, girl, you, have Amber. a great day. I hope today's conversation has encouraged you to reach out to a friend you haven't connected with in a while or to be intentional in cheering on that friend who maybe got what you wanted or to finally let go of the shame you may still be carrying from a broken friendship. If you were encouraged by today's conversation with Jeanette, please consider sharing this episode with a friend via text, email, or on social media. Thank you for listening to the Grace Enough Podcast. Tune in next time.